0: What's up, Liberty lovers? Welcome to Break the Cycle with me, Joshua Smith. For the next 20 minutes, I'm gonna need you to sit down and buckle up because we're flipping tables and talking Liberty and it ain't always pretty. What's up guys? Welcome to episode four of the break the cycle podcast. Holy shit. This was a long time coming and so much has happened since the last show. So sorry for keeping you guys waiting, but going forward, we will have a regular show again. Today I want to talk about the obvious murder of Ryan Whitaker by the police in Phoenix, Arizona. It's ridiculous, and I'm not seeing enough people talk about it. Then we'll talk about the Libertarian Party National Convention, including my razor-thin loss for LNC chair and my re-election as an at-large representative. Then I'm going to do a segment on something that needs to be said, and hopefully you guys will all listen to me. People lie. People lie. People lie for all kinds of reasons, but especially to stop someone they oppose for any office. In politics, we should be used to this by now, but we should also be calling these egregious attacks out whenever we see them. I'm going to lay out exactly why we should be doing that and who we should be doing that against. So let's get into it. By now, I hope that anyone who listens to this show will undoubtedly have seen the Phoenix police body cam footage of the obvious murder of Ryan Whitaker after a noise complaint lodged by a neighbor that then became a fraudulent domestic violence complaint to speed up the cops response time. Now that the facts are coming out, we know quite a bit. There was no domestic violence. Ryan had attended his daughter's graduation earlier in the day, then returned home where he and his girlfriend were having a date night consisting of playing Crash Bandicoot and making salsa. We know that their music or their video game may have been a bit loud, so a neighbor called in to police because he was obviously too much of a chicken shit to go, you know, be a neighbor and ask Ryan and his girlfriend to please turn it down. When the first call of too much noise did not prompt a quick enough police response, the chicken neighbor called again saying, and I quote, Oh, it could be physical. I could say, Yeah, if that makes anyone hurry up and get over here any faster. I kind of hear slamming doors, and I don't know if somebody could be getting thrown into a door for all I know. <laughs> See, this call is so important because if you listen to the tape, you can tell they are saying whatever it takes to get the police there. And they're doing it knowing in today's quote unquote criminal justice climate and learn through historical events like the murder of Daniel Shaver that the Phoenix police and really many departments around the country are ready and willing to kill unarmed people. Even if those people are, say, crawling on their hands and knees, covering up a mentally ill person on the ground running away with no weapons at all, or even politely surrendering. People call the police knowing 100% that they are willing to kill to enforce whatever arbitrary law the legislators have deemed useful to their own revenue machine. I mean, come on, folks. YouTube is accessible for free. You can watch this stuff happen almost daily. And what did this fraudulent call lead to exactly? Well, it led to two Phoenix police officers pounding on Ryan's door at nighttime, then hiding from the peephole, prompting Ryan to grab his means of self-defense and open his door. Within seconds, Ryan had enough awareness to put his hands up, drop to his knees, drop his weapon, and surrender. He did all of this while having a flashlight shined in his eyes and having commands yelled at him from both directions. He also had enough awareness to say, whoa, 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 while obviously surrendering. Unfortunately, after the woes, his last words were no, 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 because a coward cop that was behind him shot him twice in the back, killing Ryan, taking someone's father, a boyfriend, a son, and a brother away from all of them. Shocking, shocking, the police investigated themselves and found no wrongdoing. The officer who shot Ryan is still on patrol, and the family of what by all accounts sounded like a pretty good dude has no peace whatsoever. They couldn't even get an autopsy report for more than 60 days. This isn't an isolated incident. This isn't a one-off. This is becoming a reoccurring nightmare. People shot for being legal gun owners. Police escalating situations that end in death, whether the subject was complying or not. Armed or not. A threat or not. I'll put the body cam footage in the show notes so you can decide for yourself, but I'd be hard-pressed to hear an argument that doesn't think this guy was murdered in cold blood. Look, if you need more proof of this, use your little Google machine on your handheld computer that you take everywhere and look up Daniel Shaver, Botham Jean, Gary Willis, Eric Garner, Dennis Tuttle, and Regina Nicholas. Look up Kelly Thomas, Oscar Grant, Vicky and Sam Weaver and Ruby Ridge, Philando Castile, Sandra Bland, Tamir Rice, Breonna Taylor, Rick Cutshaw, John Crawford, Atatiana Jefferson, and Duncan Limp, who I may add were both shot while fast asleep in their beds. Look up the entire Waco incident for crying out loud. They even have a nice mini series you can watch about it on Netflix. Wow, that seems like a long list, but this isn't even a very small fraction of stories like Ryan's. It's a problem, a pandemic in the U.S., if you will. This infectious disease of an idea that it's okay for law enforcement to kill unarmed people, to choke to death or shoot people who pose no threat to them. This isn't okay. No matter what orange man said to you about being meaner to supposed criminals at a campaign rally funded by police unions. This is the U S we have the right to a trial nowhere in any governing document. Does it say we have the right to be executed on date night in our doorway for owning and possessing a firearm? Quite the opposite, actually. And anyone who supports the asinine idea that someone should die for simply exercising their rights should probably hit up Dr. Oz and find out how you can have that entire boot removed from your colon. You'll never digest it, bro. So next time you call the police, ask yourself if you're ready for the person you're calling them on to be dead, because that becomes a more likely outcome every day. If it's something you can handle yourself, at least on the first try, like a noise complaint, then try to resolve it personally because you may end up getting someone killed for doing something as harmless as playing a 1996 PlayStation Classic. Let's take a break. Hey guys. Tired of constantly dealing with shadow bans and full-out bans? Maybe you've lost too many Facebook profiles or Twitter profiles from saying things that they just don't agree with. Well, now I have the answer for you. Check out Patrolin.com. It's the fair social media site that lets you see the content you want to see and gives you the opportunity to express yourself freely. Check them out today at P-A-T-R-O. O L L I N dot n.com once again that's patrolin.com. get on the site now make sure that you put hashtag smith sent me and they will make sure you get a verified badge for a limited time thank you guys so much oh the libertarian party national convention A time when a large majority of Libertarians sit on the edge of their seats hoping someone won't come up to the mic to move making the LP mascot Dobby the house elf. Or that a rather large man won't take his clothes off on stage. A glorious time where we spend the many months afterwards hoping that comedy shows on Comedy Central won't cherry pick our gaffes that were televised on C-SPAN to make fun of us. As a second-time candidate for chair of the LNC, I have a pretty different perspective of the national convention than maybe others do. My time is spent mostly shaking hands, exhaustively telling my plans to individuals over and over, and spending tons of time in my room working on debate prep and speeches. Although I went into 2020 with a little different plan than I did in 2018. In fact, I didn't even do any debate prep except for a five-minute drink with Mr. Jeff Hewitt and Kenneth Brent Olson. I didn't write any speeches or even bullet point any of my facts. I just flew off the cuff and the outcome was night and day performance between my last convention and this one. Sadly, I once again lost, but we came in close second and we were only around 100 votes from becoming the chair of the LNC, so much better than the 22.5% I got in 2018. Shout out to Joe Bishop Henchman for his win. We both ran pretty good campaigns and all the way to the end, we ran them extremely clean, which I appreciate coming from the 2018 campaign. Anyways, the convention certainly started out exactly the way you might expect a Libertarian party event to go. Arguing for about eight hours over how to procedurally go about holding the convention in the first place. Yes, COVID has given us all extraordinary times and apparently the LNC arguing about how to hold this convention for months wasn't enough arguing for the delegate body. So we decided to have the most epic ending showdown of online delegates versus in-person delegates ever seen. In the end, the in-person delegates were finally able to do what they had been trying to do for the entire eight hours and simply included the online delegates in a move that really only took about 20 minutes. Why the online delegates couldn't have just chilled out and let it happen in the beginning is no mystery, though. The party had been largely split on the issue for months, and I think the circle of trust may have been just a teensy-weensy bit shattered. Once that was finally over, the convention went much more smoothly. I have to believe that the manly strippers and dildo waivers were largely of the online variety this year, and I'm sure that C-SPAN was relieved. The in-person delegates and their eyeballs certainly were. Still, there was no lack of drama, including, my favorite, the outgoing chair telling the entire delegation, or maybe just the Maryland delegation, to quote, eat his dick, and that they got what they deserved. Thankfully, it was a tough crowd for old St. Nick, and he was largely booed on numerous occasions, an event I will never forget and cherish for my remaining days on this planet. It was like one of his worst Twitter ratios coming to life, and I couldn't help but be proud of our delegates. The debate went really well, and our in-person delegates really kind of made me feel like a rock star, complete with chants of my campaign slogan, BREAK THE CYCLE! It was the same thing for my nomination speech. We played the awesome endorsement video that had tons of our hardest working activists saying things about me that really brings a tear to my eye every time I see it. And it even had the could Dr. Ron Paul endorsing me. It wasn't enough in the end, but the appreciation I have for everyone who worked their asses off to try and get me elected is immeasurable. After the results of the chair election were announced, I quickly made my way back to my room and spent some time and really the rest of the night thinking about hanging my hat up and letting others do the work. If you followed my campaigns at all, you know it has been hard as shit on my family and I in ways that many may not understand. And in the next segment, I will address this a bit further and more specifically. The next morning, I woke up and turned on the TV and sat in my room really doing nothing well past the morning gavel, and I thought this was it. This was my time on the LNC done, and I could go back to focusing on my family. Instead though, I was accosted with about 25 phone calls of delegates online and in person telling me I had been nominated for at-large and would I accept. Well, I couldn't let down all these people, so I accepted because I'm obviously a glutton for punishment, and I headed my ass down to the convention floor where I convincingly was re-elected to my at-large seat and once again given an opportunity that I do not take for granted. Look, I know many have appreciated the work I've done over the years, and some just have not. And that's okay. I learned in my first campaign that you'll never, ever appease everyone no matter how hard you try, and others will even shit on the work they think is good just because they have personal vendettas. I tried real hard to get everyone to like me in 2017, and I failed miserably. But it was only after that that I was able to understand that you're free to take the criticisms that are in good faith and completely disregard those who come at you in bad faith. Most of those people are just miserable losers anyways, whose only entertainment value is to try and drag others down to their level. I almost, almost felt bad for them, but then I thought, nah, forget it, your home's the Bel Air, you know what I'm saying? So do the job I will, and like last time, I'll do it well, and maybe if we can't find anyone who I, I think is better, I'll go for the whole third time's a charm thing and run for chair in 2020 again in Reno, because I told you I'm a glutton for punishment. But that is definitely not set in stone yet. But it would feel pretty good to be given that opportunity after six straight years of work for the party and the movement. You know, traveling around 40 states, putting up with liars who have harassed my family and I, constantly sacrificing for this movement, etc., etc., etc. It would almost feel like not going for it would be like giving up on the people who have supported me over the years and then letting the evil people who only exist in this movement to divide have a hard-fought win over me. Either way, my work trying to bring the Liberty Movement at large and the Liberty Party together is far, far from over, no matter which position I hold in this party. Anyways, let's take another break. Hey guys, are you just like me? Do you suffer from anxiety? Maybe you have bad knees or a bad back. Maybe you're not sleeping the way you should, or you have a bad appetite. If any of these things apply to you, you should check out NorthSpokaneCBD.com. That CBD there is powerful, potent, great stuff. I use it religiously. I use the Granddaddy Purple all day, every day. I use slumber when I need to get some sleep. And I use the deep relief when my knees are killing me from wrestling for 14 years. If you have any issues that can be solved by CBD, definitely check out NorthSpokaneCBD.com. And upon checkout, put in Smith 2020 for a 15% discount. Hi, I'm Joshua Smith. Welcome to my life. If you followed my campaigns for chair of the LNC, it's no secret that you have seen some drama, man. Outright lies, slander, meddling in my family, etc. Look, I'm a pretty normal blue-collar guy. I wake up every morning and throw work boots on like a vast majority of Americans. Somehow, though, i found myself in a position to get people fired up about liberty, and I've done well working in the political landscape. If you had asked me how I would accomplish these things four years ago, I would have likely laughed and went back to sipping my nice rye whiskey. I have been successful, though, and I've had to do it in the face of one lie after another. You may have heard some of my greatest hits, in fact, like Deadbeat Dad, Woman Beater, Jobless, Homeless Couch Surfer, Fascist, Part Israeli Nazi, or my favorite, that I'm a raging alcoholic who had a $700 bar tab in every state I visited on donor money. Of course, none of this is fact, and while there may have been a kernel of truth to one or two of the things they built these foundations of lies on, they have been so spun out of control that the truth is now just completely unrecognizable. You see, it all started during the the beginning of my campaign in 2017. I got a text from someone who I will only refer to as AFO in this podcast, telling me that things were coming out about me sexually harassing the wife of someone I had thought was my friend at a state convention in my own state. To understand why this immediately put me on my toes, I have to tell you that just a few short weeks prior to this, AFO had come to me with a female candidate for chair, talking about how they wanted my help to start a Me Too movement in the Libertarian Party. Of course, her plan sounded disastrous. Look, I'm no fan of harassment, being someone who has been relentlessly harassed for years in this party, but this sounded like setting people up to take falls for things they did not do. So I declined. Little was I aware that the person they would start this with was me. Maybe it was punishment for turning down their offer to help start the movement. Who knows? Thankfully, as it all unfolded, many involved started having these huge missteps through text, and after a published article came out about it, I was able to get my own published that completely tore down their whole narrative. So much so, in fact, that the public apologies from the candidate and the husband and wife that I thought were my friends were issued through the same publication this all started on and I'll make sure to drop links to all of them in chronological order in the notes so that you could see for yourself. I'm sure you'll have a good chuckle, as I did once I was able to prove that it was all lies. Prior to that, it really could have hurt my relationships, you know, my campaign, my job. Uh, It could have hurt all kinds of things, and so it wasn't funny then, but it was funny that I was able to kind of just push back on it and show that they were lying, and and everyone kind of just was like, okay, they're lying. Let's walk away from this. Of course, AFO never came forward with an apology because she took this as some type of defeat and went on a public crusade to ruin my actual life. After to get, getting together with a few others, they decided to start digging into my personal life. They went after my family law case and started dropping outdated and out-of-context documents that, by the way, only a lawyer can get since my son's mother was the victim of a violent crime prior to ever meeting me and all of her info is redacted and not public. This means that someone with a bar number had to get these documents citing a reason, the, the reason as a case of some sort. Absolute corruption. Anyways, AFO and her chihuahua, absolute chihuahua of a husband, then went on to throw everything they could at the wall in hopes it would stick. They went as far as finding an old motivational Facebook page I'd started many years ago where I was using my testimonies as someone with a mental illness to try and help others who were suffering against me. They started rumors of me being on drugs and drinking to excess. They even ran with the lie of me being arrested and charged for child abuse. Unfortunately for them, they didn't know my middle name, and instead they exposed some meth head from my hometown to a bunch of libertarians who didn't really care in the first place. They were trying to say I was the member of of a Nazi group because I'm a clamper. You know, the organization that raises money for children's hospitals and widows and orphans? Anyways, the the circus was spectacular, and they certainly did as much damage as they could to my campaign, but they were real pissed when I didn't die, though. And I can only imagine the steam coming from their ears when I ended up on the LNC anyways, and then again when I announced for chair in 2019. 2020 was no different, only this time they had an added member to their little loser brigade. A scorned ex-lover with a personal score to settle, and little in the way of facts. This was sure to be their final nail in the coffin, they thought. With the help of this mealy mouth liar, they proceeded to harass my ex-girlfriends, my child, and even brought my current pregnant girlfriend into a chat with all of them, telling her all kinds of terrible shit about me. Like I would try and steal the baby with an ex and take it back to California. You see, they were doing this in hopes that she would leave me for good, and they would have a story of me abandoning a pregnant woman during my campaign, and that they were just protecting victims of my abuse. Unfortunately for them, she didn't leave me, and we are actually as happy as can be. I love you so much, babe, I'll be home for dinner. Surprise, surprise, though. As soon as they realized this, they actually abandoned her. Way to protect those victims, bros. You see, it was never about protecting victims. It was always about the political game. This is not just something that happened to me. It happens in politics all over the place. They almost got what they wanted several times, There were several days where I was ready to throw my middle fingers to the sky and chuck deuces to the campaign and even the party, but I didn't because the best revenge is success. So here I sit again on the LNC for two more years, teetering on another chair run, and you know they're mad. We in this party should no longer let people like this operate in our spaces. In fact, we shouldn't let them operate in the movement as a whole frauds, liars, harassers, the like. Let's make sure that they feel uncomfortable harassing people in the future and keep this party about the principles and not the political games. That's not what we're here for. Let's take another break. Hey, are you looking to advertise your business with a quickly growing podcast? Well, aren't you in luck? I have one spot left to advertise your business with a quickly growing audience. We're talking fast. And that's not the best part. The best part is it's dirt cheap. Since we're at the ground floor, we're talking you're going to get eight 40-second, count them, eight 40-second ads per month nationally distributed around the country. So make sure you email me quickly because that spot will be gone fast. Thank you guys so much for checking out episode four of the Break the Cycle podcast. It felt great to be back, and I'm stoked to start putting out regular content for you guys again. I know I'll have a show coming up soon with Phil Labonte of All That Remains. I'm super stoked for that too. I'm a huge fan, and we'll be getting the solo show out weekly. If you want to support the show becoming bigger and maybe help a guy out starting a new family, please head over to patreon.com/backslash breakthecycle.js. Throw some monthly smackers over there, see what you can do. Uh, you can check us out on all the podcast catchers, Apple, all that good stuff. Uh, and I'll be putting the show up on YouTube here shortly too. So, once again, thank you guys. And I will see you all next week. Remember to break the cycle.